Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. So excited about you being here today and what God is going to say to you. We are in the middle of this series called Pre-Decide, uh, Better Choices, Better Life, where what we're doing is we're breaking down some practical steps that you can do right now before you have to do it at an emergency time down the road. Uh, the best kind of decisions that can be made is when they're made predetermined before you're in the middle of the challenge or the obstacle that you're facing. If there's any way that you can set up your mind in a way that sets you up for success, you'll find yourself able to overcome and able to find yourself in a better place down the road. Uh, so oftentimes we do this at the beginning of the year. We have pre-decide, if you want to call it, New Year's resolutions, New Year's revolution. Everybody comes with all these cool words. The bottom line is you're trying to make a decision that will set you up for success for that year. And so that's kind of what this whole pre-decide series has been about. It's about setting up now for success down the road. And I've been saying this, no one wakes up one day and says, I want to get in fit shape, in good workout shape. Uh, they don't decide that one night before they go to bed. And when they wake up, they wake up in perfect fit shape. I wish it worked that way. You know, it doesn't happen that way. It's through little disciplines, little sacrifices made along the way. And as they go down, we see the results. We see, or you see the results of whatever decision you make. But it didn't happen overnight. Remember that. It's small, little steps that get you to the big change down the road. It doesn't happen instantaneously. It happens over time. The most successful people that we see in our world today are only successful because of all the little failures and adjustments they made in their past to make them successful moving forward. That's the way it goes for all of our lives. Think about your life. When you think about your life, you think about some of the short steps or the missteps that you had, but what it did was it developed this character and this uh, tenacity, this endurance inside of you to continue on to be successful. A key thought that we've been kind of driving home was through this series has been it's not the big things, it's the small things. It's, 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 it's not always the big things. Here's the quote. It's often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone desires or everyone wants. Again, it's often the small steps, the baby steps, the small little incremental changes that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone craves and desires. How do I how do I overcome the debt in my life? How do I become better with my money? How do I have a better relationship with my spouse? How do I set myself up for success in my job that I have? And so pre-decide has been all about that. So our first week, we talked about, first off, get a word for your driving force for this year. One word, just one word. And let that drive you to stay focused for your year. And I challenge you on the top of that with a verse. What's a verse that backs that up? Uh, for example, if I just say, to this year, my word is overcomer. I want to be an overcomer. Last year, I felt defeated. I felt like I lost a lot. I felt like I was always down and discouraged. This year, I want to be an overcomer. How do I become an overcomer through God's word? Well, uh, the Bible says that Jesus is an overcomer because he is. We, too, are overcomers. 
in Christ. So therefore, I'm going to tie that verse to my word to drive me for focus this year to be an overcomer. So when things come my way, we quote, I am not a failure. I'm not, I'm not falling short. I am an overcomer through Christ who has given me the strength to overcome. Okay? So first week was one word, one verse. I hope you're holding on to that. I still have my word. I'm still holding on to my word. I'm still holding on to my verse. Every day I recite it. Every day I think about it. Whenever uh, I have things come my way, I, I ask the Holy Spirit, remind me of the word you gave me when this wasn't going on. I predecided through the power of the Holy Spirit, this is my word. I'm going to hold on to it. So that's what I challenged you first week. Last week, I talked about a very powerful message about thoughts. Not because I preached it, but because it's just a powerful message. It's the power of your thoughts. Um, show me your strongest thought, and I'll show you the direction of your life. Scripture says, as a person thinks, so they go. So as you walk through life, your thoughts are setting up the direction of your life. And so the challenge last week was, what is your strongest thought and does it line up with God's word? Is it the thought that God wants you to have about a situation or about a person or about a thing? This is really the powerful of our, the power of our thoughts, pre-assign our thoughts. Because the fact is, our thoughts influence our words. Our words influence our actions. Our actions influence and become our habits, and our habits set up our destiny. It all begins with this thing, the ver one, ver one word, one verse, one thought that we have, and today is going to be the words we speak. Not just the thoughts we have, but the words that come from our mouth, the words that we speak inside of our life. Uh, the Bible says, John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. So in this particular passage, we see God's creative Word in action. God spoke the Word, and the Word did the work. In the beginning was the Word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh in the man of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ came, he lived his life, and he lived his life through powerful words. He said words like, peace, be still. And at that mention of peace, be still, the storm that was raging around them, what happened? It settled and calmed. He spoke the words that said, Come out of him and let him go. What was that? There was a young boy that was possessed with demons, and at his word followed the, all the demons fleeing from the young boy. This is the power of the word of God. Proverbs 18.21 says it this way. It says, the tongue has the power to bring life and what? Death. The tongue has the power to bring life and bring death, which one is your tongue speaking? This is the key. I like what Jesus' brother said. Some of you don't even know he had a brother, but he did have a brother. Uh, Jesus had a brother named James. James wrote the book of James in which we read in the Bible. 
James was uh, that brother that watched Jesus and watched what he did in his life. And here's what James chapter 3, verse 3 through 5 said about our tongue and the words we speak. He says this, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. You guys know that analogy that he's talking about is obviously you put a bit in a horse's mouth and that bit, that rein, you can direct that big old uh, so many pound horse. I don't know how heavy a horse is. It's heavy. Trust me. I'm sure if it fell on you, walked on you, you would not like it, right? Heavy horse, heavy animal can be directed with a small bit. And it says this, and a small rudder that makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go. Very little rudder. This thing's very small, imperative to the full ship that it is. But wherever that rudder so chooses to go, that ship has to obey and go. All right? Verse five, in the same way, the tongue, though small, this very small thing makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. Let's pray. Father, help us today to be choosy about our words, allow our words to speak life and not death. Help us, God, to choose the words we speak, not just to ourselves, but to those around us in our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, would you rather, would you rather be with, around, in association with, this kind of person or that kind of person? Here's one kind of person. Would you rather be with a negative, pessimistic, critical, complaining, nagging, uh, always doing it wrong kind of person? Would you rather be with that person? Or would you rather be with a positive, encouraging, uplifting, building, and speaking life into you person? How many guys would rather be with the first person, the negative, complaining, nagging person? Raise your hand in the house. How many would like to be with the positive, encouraging, building up person, right? Raise them up high. Go ahead. Which one are you? Don't have to raise your hand. Which one are you? Because that's really the key of what I'm talking about today. It is, are you a life-giving person or are you a life-heart-wrenching person? Which one are you? Because the power of the words have the power to speak life and or death into someone's soul. Solomon, who was the wisest man who ever walked the face of the planet, uh, from what we read in Scripture, here's what he said, Proverbs 12, 18. He says, words, the words of a reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise, what does the tongue of the wise do? It what? Brings healing. Keep that up there for a second. The words of a reckless pierce like a sword. Now, when I think of harsh words when they're spoken, and I think about the emotional and, and, and mental place that people are at when, when reckless words are spoken, they typically are in the emotional moments of our lives. They are in the moments of our life where we are unguarded, where we are unfeathered by conscious, wise thinking. No, we're emotional, we're reckless, and when we do, we throw out things that crush souls in our wake. We say things in the emotion reckless of the moment that literally cuts people down. That's what the reckless do. But the wise person calms, takes a breath, 
and allows to speak healing in those around him. Goes on to say, another proverb says it this way, Proverbs 15, 4. The soothing tongue is a what? Is a, say it with me, is a tree of life. Say it louder with me. A soothing tongue is a but a perverse tongue, what, is it, what does it do? Crushes the spirit. Now, this word perverse, let me translate it for you. It's not in the perverse way where we think of a sexual way. Perverse means all about self. The perverse, selfish tongue crushes those around it because it doesn't care about anything but itself in that moment. It's soulish. It's full of the soul. Me, me, me. Why my mind? What, what, what? I, I, I. All about me. This is the, this is the perverse tongue. So there's a challenge that, that Solomon is. He says, first off, your words, when they're reckless, they cut people. And because of that, you have a perverse tongue that's crushing the people around you. Then he goes on to say, but if you're wise, you'll bring healing. And a soothing tongue is life-giving to everyone. And I like how he says a tree of life. Understand this, a tree is not a single stalk. A tree branches out to those around that gets blessing from. A tree is not for necessarily one person. It's for a family to fall under this tree of life, of wealth, of soothing words that come inside that, in that home, in that person. Uh, for example, uh, if you've ever been around people that just are negative, they just are hurtful, uh, some of them don't even mean to be. They just say things that are just, I would say, rude. They're socially inept. You ever been around these people? You might be one of these people. I don't know, but just listen to me. You're the, the, these people that say, did you do your hair today? Right? Did you get dressed in the dark? What, what do you got on there? Right? These people that just, they, they don't mean, they're like, hey, I don't know, but your breath is really bad. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's these people out there that you just, you know, you just feel so good. I mean, you feel so good about yourself. Like, did you put on some weight? Right? Nothing makes you feel better. Are you working out at the dinner table? What is what's going on here? Right? That's, that's why I'm saying. There's just these, these people. That, and then you get into, let's just get into the really abusive, really harsh tongue that the reckless words that pierce, that say, I can't stand you. I hate you. What is wrong with you? Where did you come from? What planet are you from? It's just these heart, hurtful words. Or, or, or you be around these people that are just, they're just, I'm proud of you. Wow. I mean, you can, you can mess up 10 times. That one time you get it right, they recognize it. They forget the rest. They say, wow, good job. I'm proud of you. You're awesome. No one does it as good as you do. Wow, good job. Uh, keep up the good work. I love you. You're the best. Thank you. Thank you for being who God created you to be. So here's what I want to do. If you have your, have your notes, and on the back I have your notes on the program, there's a thought audit. If you guys could get that out for me right now, go ahead. Get that out for me. Look on the back there. I have a thought audit that I want you to do. Last week, I, no, I'm sorry, it's a word audit. Last week was a thought audit. I had you do a thought audit on worried and peaceful and are you more worldly or material and that kind of stuff. Today is a thought audit. So same concept, 
just about words, words that you speak. Are you life-giving or are you life-taking? Do you bring life to those around you or do you take life from those around you? You're going to grade yourself on 1 to 10. Um, For example, uh, maybe life-taking would be you didn't do a good job. Uh, I can't stand that. You always leave, always leave the toilet lid up. You're pathetic. You drive me crazy. Um, I can't stand who you are right now. Life-taking words, or are you life-giving? I'm proud of you. Uh, wow, I can't believe how good God made you to do that exact thing. What an incredible husband you are. What an incredible wife you are. Thank you for loving me even through my imperfections. Life-giving, life-taking to others around you. How would you grade yourself? Take a moment. Be honest. I'm not taking these up between you and Jesus. This is going to be between you. Hey, listen, unless you're really honest where you're at, you never know how to get better down the road, right? So be okay. Take whatever number that is. Are you, to others around you, are you life-giving? Are you life-taking? Do you build up? Do people feel when you leave the room like a breath of fresh air just was taken away, but they feel encouraged because you have blessed their life, okay, to others. Now, let's talk about to ourselves. Are you life giver to the words you speak to yourself? Or are you a life taker to the words you speak to yourself? Uh, For you have this inner talk, this inner words that say, you're going to blow this. You're going to blow this. You're going to blow this seminar today. You're going to blow this conference today. You're going to blow this, this report today. Um, man, you're going to blow it today with your spouse. You're going to miss the mark. Um, you're going to fail at this. You're not going to rise up to it. You're speaking those inner thoughts. Uh, the thought is, today's going to be a really tough day. Whew. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I, I, I'm tired. I barely get out of bed. I don't know how. I don't, and I tell you what, if that employee says one thing to me, man, they're getting it. Right? They're, they're gonna, they're say, you're psyching yourself up, man. Right? Bam, bam, battle it, right? Are you life taking or are you life giving? Do you, do you say this? You say, you know what? Today might be rough, but by God's help, I'm gonna be an overcomer. I'm gonna walk through this. I'm gonna trust Him. God, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and who I am is who exactly you created me created me to be, so therefore I will go with confidence in the day that you have made for me. You're speaking life to yourself, encouraging yourself in where you are to go. Because the fact is, our thoughts influence our words. Our words influence the life and the lives around us. What are the words that you're speaking? It's really tough to change. It's tough to change our words. If you were raised in a negative, life-taking home, it's really hard to shift that inside of your home when you get older. If you never had parents to speak life into you, you forget or you don't even know. You're ignorant to how to speak it into your kids unless you pre-decide to make a difference and intentionally do it. If you never were shown love and affection as a child or Worse yet, it was perverted and it was wrong. It breaks something inside of us, guys. 
It breaks something inside of our soul. And the only way we can find healing is, first off, through the blood of Jesus Christ and the overcoming power of Jesus Christ, right? That's the first thing. Second thing is, we have to pre-decide that I'm going to be different. Even though they did that to me, I'm going to be sure not to do that to anyone else in my life. So I'm going to love in a holistic way. I'm going to love in a very pure way. I'm going to encourage. I'm going to speak life in those around me because small things make a big difference. So fathers to daughters, uh, if we're not careful, our uncomfortability with their gender will sometimes cause us to not show affection in a godly, pure way that they really deserve and they need. Because the greatest desire inside of women is to be loved in a pure way by a male role model, by someone who is loving and kind and gracious in a very pure way. And gentlemen, if we're not careful, we sometimes will negate that out of our uncomfortability that we wind up sending a a young girl into her future, never truly knowing what true and pure affection is all about. And that's the challenge. But we make a small decision. We say one little hug at a time, one little word at a time, one little change at a time to show that we are investing small things, making a big difference for the future. This is the challenge that we're in today. So I want to give you guys two thoughts, two rules, two rules. That's it. Not going to take up. I'm still going to preach as long as I always do. It's just going to only be two instead of three today, okay? I'm not going to get you out early because I'm just not that way. But I will give you some good stuff. I want to give you two rules that you can follow in your words today to be a life giver, a life speaker, and encourage those around you, okay? So here are two rules. Now let me just tell you something. This first one I'm going to tell you, this is what mama said to you. This is what grandma said to you. This is nothing new. This is nothing new under the sun. This is just good, downright teaching about what we're to do. Here it is. Number one, if you can't say something helpful or something nice or something to build them up, guess what? Skip it. I would say, shut it. I would say, that's, that's too kind. Even I'd say, shut up. If you can't say something nice, shut up. You don't need to say it. You skip it, go without. Here's what Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. He says these words. He says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit who? It may benefit who? Say it with me. Keep it up there for me a second, guys. Listen, this scripture should be the driving force of your life. First off, it's just good stuff to not let unwholesome, unpure, swearing, cussing, cutting down, hurting other people around you. It's just good. Trust me, when the words and superlatives start coming, I look at people and go, if you can't create in your own language Words to express yourself besides uh, expletives. If you, can't use ex, if you can't express yourself without using expletives to do so, you need to wise up a little bit. There's a lot of language out there that you can use without doing that. And it seems like in our culture today, just, help, just you know, forgive me, uh, it seems like people default to that because they can't think of the other words to say, so they just use it as fillers to kind of fill in the blanks. It doesn't really help. 
So watch and be mindful. It says, but only for what is helpful for building others up. That means outside of you to those around you. And it says, it may benefit those who what? Those who what? That means in your conversations, in your encouragement, in your uh, exchanges with people, do people walk away from you going, wow, those people really love each other? Or do they go, I can't believe they didn't kill each other. I can't believe they said that to each other, right? This is the challenge. Uh, this verse applies to your life. It applies to uh, your relationships. It ap- applies to marriages. It applies to siblings. These verses apply to siblings, brothers, and sisters in the church. Let me ask you a question. If Jesus was with you, would the conversation you have with your siblings, would it be one that you would go, Jesus liked that conversation. That was a good one for him to listen to, right? This is to benefit those who listen very simply, very direct. Skip it. If you can't say it, if it's not helpful, if it's not beneficial, well, I have a right to speak my mind. No, you don't. Who gave you that right? No one. You don't have a right to speak your mind if it tears people down and makes them feel worse. It makes them feel beaten down and it takes away life inside of them. You don't have a right. Jesus had every right. Every right to say, you know what? They can do it on their own. They, they're going to be sinners. They're going to be criminals. They're going uh, to they're they're lie. They're going to cheat. They're going to steal. So you know what? Let them figure it out on their own. Forget it. I have a right to exit out of this thing, but Jesus didn't. What did he do? He died to himself. He went all the way to the suffering of the cross. He gave up his life because he realized he surrendered his rights to the one who is in authority, God himself. So can't say something helpful, can't say something beneficial, skip it, zip it, shut it, bite it, whatever you got to do, get it out of your life, right? That means through text, that means through email, that means through voice message, that you don't have, there's not some, well, I could say it, and I'll leave a voicemail. (laughs) No, no way, no how. That's plain and simple from your pastor. Number two rule. If you think something good, say it. If you think something good, let it out. It's, it's good to, to release it, to think something good about someone or something. Compliment them. Let them know how good it is. Proverbs 16, 24 says it this way. Gracious words are like a honeycomb. They are sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Gracious words are like honeycomb. They're sweet. They're nectar that, that, that feeds the soul inside of each and every single one of us. So if you think something good, say it. If someone, even if, as pure as it can be, if someone has, you know, looks, is, is dressed up nice and, and they, man, they re- you know they really put a lot of effort into it, you know, hey, you look really nice today. Don't say, wow, you look hot, girl. I mean, come on, that's a little bit... A little bit too much, but you can say, you look really nice today, or hey, you know, did you get your hair done? It looks really good. And they say, no, I just combed it today. I don't know what they'd say. Uh, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're, you can, if you think it, you can say it. Some of the greatest things in my life, some of the greatest people in my life have spoken words. It's why I'm confident of who I am. It is, it is number one, through Christ, but number two, I got to tell you right now, guys, 
Insecurity, you're looking at a very insecure person when it comes to who I am, who I, my body, who I am, my looks. I've always struggled with my insecurities. But because God gave me these amazing people around me that speak life into me and encourage me, listen, they have unleashed a reckless guy that doesn't care about what a lot of people think. And that's probably not always good, but it's good for me. My, my, my wife and my kids who love me even in the times when I'm not easy to love, uh, in my times uh, in our life where I'm very black and white and I do not move and I do not bow and, and it drives them crazy, uh, they have loved me, they have been patient with me, they've been encouraging to me, they, they adore me and I adore them so, so very much. Those are all the things that kind of speak. Words have the power to bring life or death. Which one are you bringing to the people that are closest to you? If you think it, Say it, text it, post it. If you see it on Facebook, post it, post encouragement, uh, tweet it out there, write a letter and send it to them and let them know how encouraged you are by their life. Listen, to change relationships inside of our lives, the only way, the best way to change them is through speaking life into the relationships closest to us. David had a lot of discouraging things that went against him. But scripture says this, it said David encouraged himself in the Lord. He didn't, he didn't wait for someone to speak to him. He didn't wait for a compliment to come his way. He didn't wait to do something and all of his, his uh, servants came and said, you're an amazing king. He didn't wait for that. No, no, he said, I'm gonna encourage myself in God. God, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The flaws and the imperfections you will work out. This is what David did. David encouraged himself in the Lord. Wives, if I can encourage you in anything, stop focusing on all the negative things that your husband does and find that one little micro good thing he does and just lavish him in that thing. If you would say to your husband, you know, you want him to be a spiritual leader, he's not right now, and you just say to him, you know, I love it when you just pray for us. I love it when you pray for our family. I mean, your words touch my heart. If they touch my heart, they got to touch the heart of God. I got to believe that. I know you're not eloquent at it. You may not feel great at it, but I'm here to tell you, you are being used by God when you pray for, my, for me and for our family. You know, it really, here's how you get him, girls. It really turns me on when you pray to God. You will have him praying 24-7 for you, right? I say that in joke, but I'm saying that because focus on the things and you say, you know, this is what you do. And, and husbands to your wives, you know, I love how you love our kids. I love how you love me. And even though I'm flawed, you're still there. Thank you. Thank you for caring for me and some of the most insecure places in my life. Thank you for being there when I lost my job and I didn't really know where to go. Thank you for always holding me up when I needed you the most. Say, if you're in the middle of a debt and the debt seems overwhelming, student loan debt and, and credit card debt and mortgage debt and car debt, I mean, if I haven't hit something, I'll hit it 
loan debt, whatever you want, any kind of debt out there, and, and you want to get out from underneath it, and you see where you are, you see where you need to be, you see where you're going, and you, you get, with your, get with your team that's going to help you overcome the debt, and you say, you know what? We're not there yet, but we're going to get there. God's going to help us. We're going to, we're going to make some sacrifices. We're going to do this together. We're on the same team. And by God's help, we're going to see down the road this amazing, glorious family that lives debt-free. And, and by the grace of God, we're going to put God first. We're going to watch what God can do with a little, small, to make a big difference down the road. Pre-decide. Better choices better life. Your one word, your one verse, your thoughts that control the words in your life and the words you speak have the power to bring life or to bring death. Which are you bringing to yourself, to those around you? Bow your heads to me today. Father God, search us, Lord. Search us. Words are powerful. The statement that says sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me is a lie. Words cut. Words have the power to bring down, to discourage, to beat, to mutilate the soul. Words have the authority and the power to build up, to strengthen, to encourage, to love, to cherish, to set apart and be different with a glorious future. It's not about the words. It's about the way we speak those words and how they build up and they give life or they take life away. So Father, would you just search our words today? God, if there's something that's not helpful or nice or beneficial for those who listen, then God, would you take rain on our tongue and our words, that, that tongue that can set a forest on fire and guard it and rein it in and say, no, 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 don't speak it. Stop. Don't say it. And in the same way, God, whenever those things come in our lives that are life-giving, that speak truth, may we feel freedom to speak life, to speak wholeness, to speak love, to speak encouragement to all those who listen. With your head bowed and eyes closed today, this is a hard message because we all struggle with words. We all struggle with feelings at times of a, a very emotional moment and we say things that we regret later. We're reckless in those words we speak. So with your head bowed and eyes closed, maybe today you are struggling with some words you spoke this past week or even this morning. I just want you right there, just ask God to help you with your words. Some of you struggle with speaking life. You struggle.
struggle with encouragement. It wasn't shown to you, wasn't given to you, and so therefore you don't pass it on to others. But I just, I want you right now just to say this. Say, Father, help me to be a life speaker. Help me to speak life into those people around me. Help me to encourage the discouraged. Help me to see the good in all. To love them right where they're at. To speak life into those wonderful people that you've given me. Into my children, into my spouse, into my friends and my co-workers, into the people I go to church with, into the people I do life with in this community. Help me to be known as a life giver of words. God, we thank you. We thank you that we're not perfect. But Jesus, through your sacrifice and through your love, you take the imperfect and you create something beautiful. And I just want to speak the name of Jesus for every heart and every within your presence I speak Jesus and I just want to speak the name of Jesus till every dark addiction starts to break declaring there is hope and there is freedom i speak jesus your name is power your name is healing your
doing this song, that's really what we're talking about today. That we're going to speak what Jesus wants us to say. We're going to do as he calls us to do. And we're going to believe that as we speak his words, it brings life to those who listen. So let's sing this tonight. Our today is talk about shouting Jesus. from the mountain and Jesus in the streets and Jesus in the darkness over every enemy and Jesus for my family I speak the holy name name of Jesus alright come on let's sing it loud today Come together again. Be the life giver in all of our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, 
Amen. God bless you guys. You've been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. For more information about service times and activities, visit our website, crossviewkeokuk.com.